0: sit is sitting on my kittens all. Hit a few listen in my dolls, be mob. Taught a few tricks on my line lineage long. Girl on the girl if they eat up the topic. Thought she will true, she will fucking art. Can't tell her name i be working with clock. Told me she lawyer I find I should not. Can't trust an unfaithful girl at the spot. Hit on the water. Okay, okay, okay. So that is some more. It is track A off this new future and Zay toven collaboration album this is the second installment of beast mode um i guess they're calling it an album i know the first one was for sure a mixtape but the lines have gotten a little blurrier since then um that's easily my favorite record uh like i like the whole thing pretty much but to me some more and records kind of in that bag for future are the epitome of the ideal future record it's the fucking formula you can't miss with those Zaytoven keys, the soulful melodic future cadences. The shit is just beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous, soulful ratchet. I don't even want to call it trap music. It's just it's 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 just ratchet soul music to me. That's all it is. Um my favorite future song ever, um the one that just put him out of here for me was just like brothers. Um of course, he had hits before that. He had bangers. He had all the trap bangers. We knew he was a great songwriter. We kind of knew what it was. But just like "Brothers" was the one joint where I was like, oh, this dude's like a blues singer. This is, this is something totally different than what he came in the game as. He just kind of had to establish his presence and kind of grab your attention to bring you into this. Because this isn't trap by any means. I mean, the themes and the content still reflect that lifestyle, but there's another layer of emotion. There's another feeling added to it that's special. And even if you can't relate to him, the transparency in what he's saying is gonna find a way to resonate because because you know you know he means that shit and you know he's kinda going either going through it or he's he's in a in a real emotional bag while he's doing this type of shit. And I mean, um, I can't get enough of it. I can't stop playing this record. Um, I knew when I saw that they were doing a beast mode too. I mean, of course, I love Zaytoven everywhere he goes, but there isn't a better tandem to me. Of course, Zaytoven and Gucci have a crazy history, but just that combo, Gucci isn't giving us melodies over keys. I love keys. I love pianos, and I love melody, and I love the spazzy cadences that Future brings. I'm not all the way invested into the trap shit I think that there's a good time and place for that type of music but I can just about almost always listen to records like this some more joint and um, clearly it's the standout for me I started at track eight because of it because I just wanted to get this excitement out of the way I cannot stop playing this record since it came out Thursday night I stayed up all night Pretty much just repeating it. I already memorized the lyrics. Fucking on my way down the shore. All the homies were getting pissed off because I kept playing it over again. They don't know the words yet. I'm fucking pouring my soul out into the into the melodies and shit, man. I just I um I can't get enough of it. But um yeah, let me get into let me get into kind of my favorite parts overall about this. Beast Mode 2. It only runs for 9 tracks, and I'm going to focus primarily on the future that I like, which is the bottom 3 tracks, the more introspective, kind of personal, kind of narrative-based future that I get into. Of course, the other, the other records are good, they're fun and shit like that, but the bottom 3 is what I really want to focus on. So I'm going to jump right into Hate the Real Me, track 9, the outro. Can. I'm trying to get high as I can. I'm trying to get high as I can. 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 Open up a seal, don't feel me. Showing out in public, show the real me. Pulling up in public, dumb, I hate the real me. My mama's dressing, now she saying these drugs got me. And they been the same since that nigga shot me. Okay, so future tries saying that the, um, The drugs that he raps about and his addiction issues are sometimes fabricated or he isn't a junkie. Of course he doesn't want us to think he's a dopehead because that's just not fly. That's just not cool, especially the era that he comes from. If people don't know Future's pedigree and Future's background, he is an OG in Atlanta. He comes from the Dungeon family where where his brother is um, Rico Wade from, or I'm sorry, his cousin is Rico Wade from Organized Noise. He has a very deeply rooted og culture to him and he and he he carries that with him so it's pretty sensitive and it's pretty um and he's opening up a lot when he gets into this drug addict thing that's not that's not cool where they come from especially the era he comes from but i mean the intro is just a, the, a bridge of I'm trying to get high as I can. I'm trying to get high as I can. And then the verse starts, open up a seal, don't feel me. Showing out in public, show the real me. Pouring up in public, damn, I hate the real me. My mama's stressing out, she say these drugs got me. And I ain't been the same since that dude shot me. So, I mean, there's obviously a lot of pain. There's obviously a lot of... um internal issues going on with future a lot of self-hate a lot of um a lot of doubt a lot of insecurity we know he's gone through heartbreak we know i mean clearly he's talking about getting shot um his mom stressing out you know what i mean so like future does a lot of glorifying he does a lot of turning up there's a lot of um club bangers that come out of um these drug habits and shit that he has, and this lifestyle that he carries, but there's obviously some underlying issues. And my favorite part about Future is he's not afraid to tell both sides. All the greatest rappers have natural contradictions in them. It's not all just one-sided because no one is ever turned up all the time. No one is ever like like you need you need to give you need to give both perspectives. And um, future has done that just about as well as anybody whether it's um, sometimes it's hidden sometimes it's coded because of the because of the trap drums and because of the way you're still able to turn up to his pain it's kind of like a laugh at my pain type of thing in a way it's just um you don't really catch it as much as somebody who would be rapping more elaborate and yada 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 like when Eminem talks about his pain like it's it's pretty direct This this is about as direct as you're going to get from Future, and that makes sense why it's a good outro. I think that people that are trying to turn up to Future need songs like Wi-Fi Lit to be the intro and need songs like this to be the outro. Because he doesn't want to take you out of the mood too early on to turn up. So the bottom three tracks are more the blues, more the soulful, more the introspective shit. Which is why I started at the bottom, because I don't really have much analysis for the turn up records there's really not much to say besides they fucking slap and a couple of good takeaway lines a couple tricky cadences a couple new the little new bag of tricks he's got going on but um yeah man uh let's get into um when i think about it so i hop from track eight to nine to seven for whatever reason pretty much just in order of um what i want to talk about and how much i like them this my time. My time. got on a million dollars in jerry when i think about it got more guns than the tears when I think about it. i always my kids in when I think about it. I'll just I hear tears when I think about it. <laughs> All right, so I'm realizing I probably did this kind of out of order, and I'm not doing justice to how well Future really sequenced the back end of this album, because he needed to give you a song like When I think about it before he gave you such a direct and painful and emotional song like "Hate the Real Me." He had to kind of code it and kind of um, slowly drift you into this narrative. Because when I think about it, it doesn't display the pain the way the Hate the Real Me does. It kind of just shows how the pain has been distracting him from what he really has. Because let's face it, the surface future fan... And I'm and I'm just and I'm and I'm generalizing here and I don't want to insult the future fans, but they're not complicated listeners. They kinda just want to hear future put on the cape and be the superhero, larger than life, fly dope boy that he is. But they don't want to hear they don't necessarily care to hear um the human element of it. So when they hear him say, Got a million dollars in jewelry, when I think about it their mind goes right to holy shit this dude's rich as fuck he's a mogul he's a boss that's legendary million dollars in jewelry got more guns than a terrorist when i think about it when they hear him say that they think that's some slick shit all these kids all these cars my kids inheriting when i think about it again you're flexing you're a boss but then he ends it with all this money i can't cherish when i think about it and that's when you should start to think about it because what's he really trying to say here so he's accomplishing all this shit he has all this nice shit when he really thinks about it but because of his pain and his addiction and his heartbrokenness he can't really enjoy it so like he has to he has to sit back and think like damn bro i have all this shit like why like like why can't i enjoy it why can't i cherish this and um so he uses the stunts and he uses the flex to kind of um ease you into this narrative so i i probably should have started off with that and then he gets into some more where um he gets more soulful and he gets more melodic and he gets more um into it and by the time you get to hate the real me you you fully get what he's doing so yeah man um tracks seven eight and nine are all amazing to me that's that's what i want out of future other than that man shout out to Zaytovin and future um both for their chemistry, just being on the same page instrumentally, uh, being on the same page thematically. Um, I think that every every direction that Future wanted to go, Zaytoving just gave him what the doctor ordered. Um, starting it off with Wi-Fi Lit, that's of course going to be a standout banger for most Future fans, I get that. Totally understand the um, the purpose for leading off with that song um standout records to me before um seven through nine 31 days is solid red light is really solid red light is another one where um he really gets he really takes um the occasional deep dive and of course he always throws in some ratchet references he always throws in some kind of nasty shit kind of just like displaying the the um the grittiness of his lifestyle just the 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 vices and the and the um and the sins that he's doing, but at the same time, explaining both sides, so, um, yeah, man, I I clearly like Future, I like this album, I like Zaytoven and Future, this shit, um, they hit on this one, man, I expected a lot out of it, and they delivered, um, Future delivered on his last effort, the Superfly soundtrack, I thought that he was the perfect person for that, he epitomizes what Superfly is all about, that is pretty essentially his fucking life story, and, um, he's two for two this year and i know that he hasn't he hasn't even released the official lp solo lp of 2018 that he's clearly gearing up for but i'll expect a lot out of that too um, let's get into this meek shit So there you have it, man. That is the intro, "Philadelphia," featuring Swizz Beats, also produced by Swizz Beats. That is the intro from the new Meek Mill EP, Legends of the Summer. This was a surprise EP. I know I wasn't expecting him to do this. I knew he should have capitalized on the hype from him getting out of jail and um all this free meek energy that um the people are getting behind i knew he should have released something i just know that he said he wasn't rapping in jail so i don't know if he would be ready with some heat i only wanted him to come out if he was ready to come out with some bangers so that probably explains the four tracks this is probably just the best four tracks he had in the vault there really isn't any cohesive structure to this at all. It's kind of just four completely different themes thrown together, which is fine. Just, just put out your best music to try and capitalize on this moment. You have a moment going. Use that momentum to your advantage. And um, that's exactly what he, does, what he does. He delivers on a quality, meek, mill, triumphant, amped up, high energy intro like we, we have come to expect from him. This shit just sounds big. tapping Swiss beats for a Swiss beats record was a genius idea, not even genius it's kind of a no brainer If you need something that sounds gigantic, if you need something that sounds huge, who better to call than fucking Swiss beats? This is stadium rap this should This should have been played at summer Jam in that beat battle because when when um when you hear people chant meek like that, you just um you have to feel like you 're getting involved in it um. But for the most part, man, pretty formulaic rapping from Meek. He kind of just brings that reliable energy, that reliable cadence that we are used to hearing from him, which I'm fine with on the intro. And he also, at the end, he gives us a nice little six to nine bar taste of something a little new. some A little new trick he learned type of thing, like like... A little, uh, took a step away from the mic, and uh, now this this is where my vibe's at type of thing. They cut the drums, and I'm like, whoa. He starts to spit this rapid stanza that I kind of wish lasted longer. It kind of shows you he got a uh, little new trick in his back. Um, so to me, that's a pretty big takeaway. Just that little six-bar outro. Uh, For most listeners that hear it, they're probably not going to get anything from that. But I like to hear an experiment and a preview of a new flow and a new pocket from Meek because um, he's been kind of stuck on this style for a while. And I think that he needed to um, take a break to kind of reinvent himself because over the years it's become pretty predictable, his flow, his cadence, and his energy. And um, he's too good of a rapper to to get stuck in a certain sound. So um, yeah, that was kind of that was kind of my biggest takeaway. Um, the purpose of an EP is to kind of uh, get you excited for an album, and little little tastes like that at the end of the outro are things that will get will get me excited. The, the experimental Meek, I think that to extend your career and to be a legacy act, like I think Meek Mill can, at some point you have to switch it up a little bit. So that's just him kind of um, easing you into that. <laughs> So that was track two, Dangerous, featuring Jeremiah and PMB Rock. He gets his second really good instrumental on this thing from Youngberg, a.k.a. Hitmaker is um, his producer pseudonym that he's going by. I'm really liking the beats that – um, I'm going to call him Young Berg. I know his um, beat tag is Hitmaker, but I really like the beats that Berg has been making. They made him an executive at Atlantic, and I think that he's doing a really good job. Um, the Atlantic connection also explains the PMB rock feature, the songwriting from these two. Him and Jeremiah, I would like to hear Jeremiah, PMB rock, and Hitmaker kind of make an EP that sounds a little bit like this bop um, just on just on their own, no no rappers, just just on just on an R and B tip, maybe a little a boogie in there. I know he's got the Atlantic connection too. Um, Meek raps well too. I don't want to just focus on uh, on those three. Uh, good detail, good imagery, but uh, this isn't particularly what I like to hear from him. To be honest, uh, I'm rolling with the purpose of the song. I think this is gonna get good radio burn. It's a solid bop. But for review purposes, I don't really have a deep dive for it. So uh let's get into 1 a.m. Holla at me. <laughs> 1 a.m. it is produced by jello beats and it absolutely slaps this is the third banger of an instrumental that meek is getting on this project um, in a row he clearly is getting the top of the shelf batch of beats because every producer knows and every producer wants to be a part of this movement um jello beats is a monster uh, he kind of gives us a little bit of like a DJ Mustard bot, but we know at this point that Jillo beats could give you pretty much whatever you ask for. Um, I I think that Meek brings the proper energy for this beat too. He really does it some justice. My only complaint is the length. It could have been longer maybe if you wanted to add a feature. I like the hook, the hoe of interpolation from, um, what's the what's the hoe of record, do it again. Is really um, a nice touch. I think that maybe you could have got a uh, Hove on the on there. You know, he's been asking for the Hove feature. You know, and he asked for the Hove feature on the next song, so maybe this could have been the joint for it. Maybe a little uh, Hove would probably sound a little dated on this beat. Maybe not Hove. Probably a bad idea. But could have got a feature. Could have made it a nice three three minute thirty second record. But nonetheless, I've been listening to this one AM record probably more than the other three. And uh, it fucking slaps, man. Jillil Beats, Meek Mill, energy. Philly shit. We scream Black Lives Matter, but we still tow and lettuce. Watching our own brothers trying to get at us. Dreams get shattered when a scene full of crackers and they charge you with some shit twain dope. You like what happened? we do get lost. So there is "Stay Woke," the final track on this Legends of the Summer EP. This track uh, it was the first one that we heard released prior to the EP. The only indication that we had that new Meek Mill music was necessarily coming. Of course, he debuted it on the uh, at the BET Awards, and he absolutely tore down that performance. Meek Mill raps with so much diction, and his voice does such a good job of cutting through pretty much any. Um, instrumentation that you're going to throw his way in a live performance that you can debut a Meek Mill song because you're going to pick up on almost every word that he says and you're going to pick up on the messaging especially on a song like this that doesn't necessarily have that many layers so um, off rip seeing the live performance of the song first I knew that the record was going to come out really good Um, even better once you get the full audio we love socially conscious Meek. I think that this is probably the most necessary um, song on this EP. I don't think that this EP even happens if this song doesn't exist. If there was another just good to decent song in the four slot, I don't think that they would feel confident in releasing these other three tracks like that. I think that um, these these other three chat tracks are really more of a vehicle to push this record. And um, they didn't want to... They didn't want to just throw out a full-length Meek Mill project if they didn't have the records for it yet. They know how important the moment is, so they don't want to. They don't want to fuck it up. So an EP was perfect, having songs to push. This song was perfect. Um, having a socially conscious single kind of spearhead the whole thing. The timing of it. Uh, for Meek to kind of be this figurehead and this symbol for the criminal justice reform, he absolutely needs to have songs like this. Like I said, this is completely necessary, and, um, and it really just makes this EP complete, man. Uh, basically, overall, Meek gave us a, a solid, a, a little three piece with fries. Four solid records. We're definitely not mad at this. There's no theme to this project. There's definitely no cohesiveness. Just kind of uh, four songs thrown together, which we're not mad at. Um, we to- We totally get it. That's why I didn't review it as a project as a whole. I did the track by track breakdown, which I said I wasn't going to do. But since it's four totally separate songs, that's kind of how we had to do it. This is definitely an old-school way of approaching things. I like the way that Atlantic is um, moving with this. I like the way that they're rolling everything out and approaching it, kind of just building up the hype for the most anticipated Meek Mill album of his career, really a career-defining moment. Where is he going to head? Is he going to be a legacy act that is a staple in this game for a long time, or is he going to kind of come and go with his wave? My guess is he's a legacy act. I think that that's what he's gearing up for. I think that the way the people have gotten behind him, all the things that he's gotten over, he's been completely shatted on by the court of public opinion, and the court of public opinion has completely swayed to his side at this point. So uh, I don't think that the people will ever go back to hating him. I think Meek Mill is uh, here to stay, man. Uh, This EP only helps his case with that. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I got, dude. We got a solid, um, Future and Zaytoven project, and we got a solid EP from Meek Mill, about all you could ask for on a Friday in hip-hop, especially considering the climate, man. We're just absolutely spoiled. Like, who the fuck else is there left to drop? This, um, late spring leading into summer has just been absolutely ridiculous. Um, I can't remember, uh, a couple months stretch better than this in recent, in recent history. So, um... I've just had a lot to talk about on this podcast. I've squeezed time, and I've made time for it while my opinions are still fresh, while the, while the albums are still being talk, talked about. I've made sure that I tried to um, have my voice cut through on these things. There's just there's just so much to say. So much to say that I haven't even been touching on the NBA, which there's a lot to say on, too. I mean, where the fuck is the league headed? That this, this, this league that... Um, we all love so much what i think is the best league in sports the best well and also just the best sport in general on a, on a professional level is is potentially headed down a dark path and a slippery slope with this super team shit i mean boogie going to the warriors is some sketchy shit and um it's really going to it's really going to cause for some acts of desperation it's going to definitely result in some change i think that adam silver has to absolutely has to drop to the um, top 16 team format. I don't think he can keep going with conferences. There's just too much of an imbalance. It's just getting ridiculous. Um, we don't. There, there's a lot of questions still to be answered. Of course, we don't know where Kawhi Leonard is going. Of course, um, now Melo's dipping, if you think that's important or not. who? What are the Lakers really trying to do? Are they trying to make a run at it this year? Or are they kind of just trying to... Um, put fans in the seats and just be competitive and, and plot on that 2019 free agency. Um, all that on top of a really compelling rookie class, this summer league has been extremely entertaining. Um, I feel good about this rookie class all around, especially for my Knicks. I know most people don't give a fuck about the Knicks, but, um, for those that do, or those that don't know, we have some gems in Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson. And that's, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it at that. I think that, um, we know basketball is the best sport because what, what other league do we enjoy the sport in the offseason like we do in basketball? We, we're enjoy, I love baseball and I'm enjoying the, the NBA offseason more than I'm enjoying the goddamn regular season the MLB and I'm a Yankees fan and we're great. So what does that say about the league? Uh, didn't mean to get in the NBA like that, but that's a whole other podcast. That's just kind of how I'm going to lay it down for that. I'm not going to be recording as efficiently because I picked up a full-time job. I'm going to try and record in the whip a little bit, try and just uh, use my time efficiently, be t- be economic with my time in this podcast because I still want to do it. I'm still passionate about it. I still enjoy it. I still need a platform to get my thoughts out there. But I'm really kind of struggling on time and money is important and this shit isn't paying the bills for sure. I barely, I mean, I barely have any of you guys listening to me. Shout out to the people that continue to listen to me. Shout out to the people that continue to want to collaborate with me. I'm going to try and get around to getting on your podcast. You get on my shit. Let's talk about some shit. Let's talk hip hop. Let's talk basketball, whatever the fuck you want to talk about. I got shit to say, man. Uh, Other than that, I'm out.